0: Before we begin today's show, I'd like to take a minute to tell you about a new layer to the podcast. I'm now officially on Patreon. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to an episode of this show, why didn't Derek think to ask that question? I know I certainly have. Then sign up at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast and you'll get the chance to ask the guest of this show a question. You'll also get early access to episodes and a chance to vote on show topics. And I'd also like to give a special shout out to our patrons, Steve Wise, Josh Shinnework, Tim Spivey, and Tanya Richter. Thank you guys so much for your contributions. And again, if you'd like to be a part of our growing community, just head over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond, and joining me on today's show is actress Danielle Deadweiler. Danielle, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. We were actually just talking, and I feel like it's become tradition on this show since late March, early April. We were talking about the craziness that has been the year of 2020. So how is the, the pandemic and everything else that's been going on in this crazy year uh, been affecting you and your career?
1: Um, it put it on hold. It completely stopped. Uh, March what, I think thirteenth. I was out in New Mexico and I was about to go to work like the next day and they're like, Hey, we're going to um we're gonna give you a call and let you know what's going on in the morning. I said, Okay, cool. And next thing you know, the day after that I was on a plane, going back home. So it halted all of the the things, and for the next what six months, it's been oh, <laughs> reassess your life. <laughs> so that's what the pandemic did to the career. Um, well, the, the the happening, the action of the career, it, everything went super interior. So yeah.
0: Well, and that's been one positive about it is, is you know I know for me personally, it's given me a lot of time to do some self reflection and work on you know the the inner portion of yourself and not just the you know like writers for example can still sit at home and write but actors those who do the physical on set portion in the industry have been essentially sitting at home and i know that some productions have been slowly starting back i'm sure with restrictions and guidelines and things like that so it is good to hear that things are trending in the right direction at least
1: yeah. I I mean it didn't completely stop everything. Let me re, let me renege on that. That it there were auditions happening, so you can do that from home. You can do your self taping. Additionally, there were numerous readings taking place. So it's like really people getting back into the word of what we do as opposed to, you know, bodies being together. You can't halt art. Psych. So um that that was the beauty of what was happening. And we figured out all these other kinds of ways to kind of Uh, dig into what we do so we got super creative and stayed significant whether it was for theater or film and tv we it 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 all just happened to make itself you know blend into the zoom world so
0: right yeah a lot of things have gone virtual and i don't know about you but I never even heard of Zoom until the pandemic hit, and everybody's like, oh, do a Zoom meeting. And I'm like, what's that? Like, I've heard of Skype, and I've heard of other programs.
1: Skype, but. FaceTime, all that stuff, but not Zoom. Hmm. Hmm. It, uh, no, it's, this isn't the psyche now. It should have <laughs> a vocabulary with <in> Miriam Webster. So... <laughs>
0: It's gonna be added into the the dictionary, I am sure, oh. <laughs> within the next year or so. Because it's, I don't think it's going anywhere. Like there'll still be virtual aspects of things, even when things are, you know, tr- continuing to trend in the right direction. Because I've said this almost ad nauseum on the show with people I've talked to. I don't think what we knew as normal will ever be the case again. Like I think. It's nah. almost like a, you know, when nine eleven happened back in 2001, it changed travel and changed security permanently. I think yeah. this is going to change certain things permanently. What exactly I, those are, I'm not sure, but I think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. german have completely been, you know, reified in their, <laughs> their <laughs> peril. <parable.
0: laughs> That's true. That is true. So, uh, talk to me about you. mentioned working in theater and film and television. What was it that made you want to pursue these things? And what came first, theater or your film and TV career?
1: It was theater first, to be more precise. Uh, it was dance, and dance just segued. I mean, has is it? is a theatrical experience unto itself. So my mom was like, I was dancing as a three year old or something. And she's like, I'm gonna put that baby in dance. And so she put that baby in dance and that baby continued to do all of the arts oriented things. I'm from Atlanta. So there's a rich uh, black arts culture that was happening in the eighties and the nineties. So I'm very much uh, rooted from that. worked at or was was taught at total dance theater and and with Gary Harrison Studios. They we were big people in in theater and dance at the time. and um, I just naturally segued into into performance. like it's just been a part of my life, um, performing professionally, performing uh, in community, and it I was like, oh, I'm not gonna do this anymore. I'm gonna be an academic. Like when I got to college, and because I was a history major and, and, and did more interdisciplinary studies, and thought I was gonna go into, you know, the, become an academician and live in the collegiate world and whatnot. And the arts had something else for me and was like burning, you know, the, the DNA to go back to what it did and what it does. Just blend the two, blend the academics and the arts in a new, in a new way, in a different way um, for my body and my mind. And so that's when I, after I taught two years, I taught elementary school for two years, fourth and fifth grade. And something just said, do that pivot. And I pivoted and I did a play in Atlanta. Um, and it hasn't ceased since. So it went back into theater, back to the root, and then Atlanta started to have a kind of boost uh, in film and TV at the time, or that that rumbling, right? And and then and then it's just been I've just been rolling ever since.
0: And I want to echo your sentiments about Atlanta because I actually don't live extremely far from Atlanta. I live down in uh, Pensacola, uh, in Florida, so just you know four to six hours away. And Atlanta is one of my favorite cities to visit. And I echo completely what you said about the culture and everything. It's something that I love to experience because Atlanta has almost become, I don't know if Hollywood East is an exaggeration, but with a lot of, you know, (laughs) bigger, Hollywood South. South, Yes. Uh, With, you know, some of the more recent Marvel movies that have been filmed there and other big projects that have made their way to Atlanta has just grown more attention to the town. You know, I remember going there on family vacations as a kid, still love going there as an adult. So I, I totally echo, you know, what you said about Atlanta.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was a funny thing. Cause when I started back, I did, I moved to Vancouver Um, with my family at the time and my son was born in Vancouver and Vancouver was a bit more further along with production at the time. So I I really started um, a film and TV career there, particularly in the commercial world, television and commercial world. And that got me connected to um, my reps. And then I moved back home. um, And and then it started to boost in in the Atlanta region.
0: Well, it, it makes me think to a conversation I had on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, now with the emergence, really the emergence of indie film over the last several years, it's mm-hmm. sh- shown that you don't have to live in Los Angeles in order to act or to direct, really do anything in the industry. Because if you want to just make movies, you can do it in Atlanta. You can do it in Nashville. You can do it in Austin, Texas. You can do it in you know new york you can do it here in florida
1: mm-hmm. the pandemic has shown us you can do whatever you want to do from wherever you are technology is limitless right in that capacity and so that's i mean essentially that's how uh devil to pay happened um you know i wanted to connect with folks in the indie community and i said hmm, because i love indie movies period they're just they're just you know an affinity an indelible part of my my world and the way I, I, I travel through the world and the way I, you know, care for myself and sitting down in a, a movie theater and being by myself with like five other folks at noon o'clock you know, on a Wednesday that was rich to me. And those kinds of movies, I mean, indie movies are the ones that I would go see. And so, you know, I sat down with Lane and Ruckus. I can't remember even how they what they saw me in. And they were like, let's go, go have some coffee. We sat down, we had some coffee. We talked about each other. We talked about the kind of movies we want to make, the kind of genres I'm interested in. Next thing you know, a couple months later, these crazy people came back with a script. And they said, if you like this, let's do it. And then blue. blew it just went from there. It's just people connecting. Uh, I would say, oh, the Atlanta Film Festival is where um, I think we met and connected with a bunch of other indie indie filmmakers. Just folks really like humping it out and making what they want to see in the world. So I just became a part of that world, and it just they still everybody's still just humping it out, making stuff, connecting with folks, doing what they can with as with as as much as they can or as little as they have. Um, that's that's the the grit and dog you know dog fight of indie filmmaking
0: well and it shows that the networking and, and there's networking I'm sure in you know bigger productions too but especially when it comes to indie film it's so important to network and connect with people because you know you you can meet someone who might have a completely different talent than you you know with you acting you can meet someone who is a writer that you can collaborate with or someone who's a director that you can collaborate with. And through them, you connect with other people. And then next thing, you know, you're all on a set, making a movie. You know, it's I, I did the same thing a couple of years ago, and it's, it, it's crazy that it's almost that simple, but it's almost like the, the right things have to align. Cause it has to be the right people and the right project and the right things and everything like that. So that That's that's really cool. And film festivals, and you know, I've had the pleasure, I haven't been to the Atlanta one yet, but I have had the pleasure of going to a few film festivals, and I love them. I love the the conversations that can happen with people. I love the Q&As that are after the movies and everything. I I stress, even if you don't, like if you make a film and it doesn't get accepted to a festival, you should still go to a festival so you can get that experience.
1: Yeah, anything you don't get Go back again or support it still because it's something that, you know, can enrich you in some, some capacity. You know, I've said I've gotten no 50 million times (laughs) and, and it's not a, it's not a, that's not a, an indication to recoil. It's, it's an opportunity to attract even further. And that's what I, that's what I've been doing like no oh, you don't want me please let's let's think about that <laughs> you know um, but atlanta, the atlanta film festival you gotta go man like i i was in atlanta film fest i'm an atlanta film festival residency atlanta film society uh residency alum and that uh He's done everything to connect me with folks, to to usher me through what it means to get support financially or just resource-wise. Like film festivals have the capacity to do different things for you, not just you know give you money or not just to present your film. And so um, AFF has done that. Yeah, that's community,
0: that's family. When this COVID crisis is over, I, I will definitely make my way up to Atlanta for the film festival whenever it may happen again.
1: And it's right now, virtually, so. Okay. You could be digital.
0: <laughs> yeah, there there are a few other festivals I know of that are doing completely virtual. You know, there's one, like, as we're recording this, uh, one called the Mountain Tales Film Festival that's normally based in Alabama. Uh, they're doing theirs virtually this year, and as you just, essentially, like, you get a pass and you just sit down on your couch and watch a ton of yeah. movies.
1: Yeah, I know. Black Star did it. Atlanta's doing it. New Orleans is doing it. Um, um, but even, I think the Atlanta Film Festival is having drive in uh, presentations too. So. Oh, cool. Take it back. You know, I know we have one drive in theater in Atlanta, Starlight. So you can get a little nostalgic.
0: Yeah, I had uh, back in May, there was, a, I think it was called the Pop Up Movie Tour that came through here and they showed um the original Star Wars movie and I went to see that cuz I was I'm a huge fan of that franchise and it was just the whole thing where you park your car you turn your radio to a certain station and you listen to the audio from the yeah. movie like it, it's a really cool experience yeah
1: yeah i mean i think like it's in and, and just the presenting of of Films uh, have happened in all kinds of ways. I know somebody was doing something in Atlanta where they had live orchestral music playing whilst the, the visuals are up as opposed to like it just being a traditional movie. Like people are trying to push the margin. They're trying to bring people out to connect. You don't got to touch somebody physically in order to connect. You, there are all kinds of ways to do things. So um, yeah, I'm excited to, to see that type of manifesting happening
0: absolutely and you mentioned uh the film the devil to pay which you mentioned how you got involved with it uh so once you once you get the role how is your experience making the movie cuz you're know, through watching it you you're the one who drives the story cuz you're in practically every moment of the entire movie so how how was your experience on set making this film
1: man um engrossing, like you're just consumed. And that's, that tends to be the case in anything that I do, but that, this is the opportunity to leave. I've only had a couple other opportunities to leave films, but this was, you know, this is somebody saying, Lane and Rutgers came to me like, we want you to do this. We're not gonna do it if you don't do it. I mean, or, or we may not do it if you don't do it. And they said, okay, I said, okay, let's go. So we were up in the North Georgia mountains for like a month huffing it out. Uh, you know, all over the place, they were getting resources on the whim or or um, um, making trucks happen, cars happen from folks like it was favors. It was, it was really, you know, a, a, a get down in the dirt kind of movie. Uh, and I, I just you just stay in it at the end of the day. There's nothing to you, you don't come back. I go home, I take a shower, you're back in it because you're up the next morning, um, ready to dig into another section of the film. Um, and you just it's just keep going, keep going. It was a beautiful experience, just to be with people and like making that shit happen. It was, it's, it's what you want to do. It's a team. It's a, it's a little nation working toward a little goal. Um, <laughs> and it's hard. It was cold, you know. It's, 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 it's. I'm trying to remember. It's, it's beautiful. I said we saw the leaves change, you know, and that's like being deep under it, right? Like sometimes you. I don't know. It was just, it was just glorious. It was really lovely to be in the experience um, with with, with people. Yeah, and my son was a part of it too. He played my son.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. No, he was he was great. I I, I loved the scenes with you two together. I mean, that, that explains the chemistry you guys had.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Lane and Rutgers were adamant in asking him. Uh, to do it because they want, you know, they wanted the mother, uh, mother son uh, camaraderie, the mother son love, and they auditioned some other boys. because like, they're like, could you ask Ezra one more time? And he had done an audition for a short film before like not too long before uh, they had asked, and he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't, I didn't feel comfortable with my audition, I could have done it better this way, I was like, excuse me, okay, cool, no, but then they came back, he was like, really, okay, I'll give it another go, and so he did the audition, and he wanted to do it again, and again, like, the audition to do the scenes amongst them, so they could see, so... I wasn't going to have him do it if he didn't want to really do it. I'm not trying to be like no momager. That's, that's another life. <laughs> but he ended up saying yes. And so um, it was beautiful for him to, to, to come up and play. I think he did like, like a week or something. Only on the weekend because, uh, of course, he was in school. So, yeah, it was a beautiful thing.
0: Sounds like you have a future actor on your hands.
1: Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. It's a rough life.
0: <laughs> uh maybe so
1: <laughs> he's a Fortniter. I, i'm cool with that and he's he's his own editor so he taught himself to edit i'm like okay cool that's funky we can use that but i don't know we'll see about that
0: yeah <laughs> well i mean editing's a good skill to have too you know editing's very important as well so yeah.
1: you yeah. never <laughs>
0: you never know. so
1: He's
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. So you play the character of uh, Lemon Cassidy. When you were approached to do the movie and you were reading the script, what was it specifically about that character that drew you to want to play it?
1: Well, first I was like, black people in Appalachia. okay, let's let's dig into that. Um, I wasn't as versed as I would have wanted to be, you know, in knowing about that history, but that was something to dig into deeply. Um, um, it's an action thriller to a great degree, right? It's got that, it's got that. I was interested in the fight, like the dog fight of, of what does it mean to be a mother and what does it mean to be pushed to your edge. Um, I feel like that all the time. It's about, you know, negotiating or juggling all of these selves all of these these different spheres and lemon is doing that lemon is trying to she's where is my husband how do i uh, protect my child how do i maintain my land how do i deal with these the people who are trying to impose themselves on me you know it's very much a i mean it it could have been any kind of body that did this work but because my black body my black womanhood body is doing it is that makes it political in a different sense it's a metaphor for the things that are happening now and so um to show um that resistance to show uh how we can intellectually um uh finagle our ways through people who are trying to um um, corner us, that's what I was down for. Uh, and to take to take that 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 lead and and, and really show that kind of a, that kind of a spirit that's that's attractive in a role. That's what you want to do. You want to show somebody who who makes a leap from what they had been doing to to them. So she goes from somebody who's being pushed around to somebody who uh, is smart enough to outwit some folks. So that was a tragedy. That's what I made
0: that's what made Deborah pay funky. Well, and you speak, you know, on one of the biggest takeaways I had from the movie is that I've always been intrigued by that story of the person who starts out as someone who might be pushed around a little too easily, and then they just slowly hit that breaking point of, you know, we're not, I'm not going to take it anymore. And to see that transformation is is really cool to see on screen. And I, I think also the world that was created and and I'm going to try and stay away from spoilers from people who haven't seen the movie yet but I think the world that was created because it's almost like yeah it takes place in modern times it seems like but there's also a little bit of like an old school like because you mentioned you know the the self-governing society that you live in and also like dealing with issues in their own way. They're like self-governing. They're apart, almost apart from the entire world. And like you mentioned, the yeah. location and everything was, was beautiful with the mountains and just the visual of everything I thought was, was really cool. So, I, and that's what I enjoy about movies is kind of getting sucked into a different world for whether it's 30 minutes or three hours. You well, know, it's, that's what made me fall in love with movies is just getting completely immersed in a story and forgetting about everything else that's going on for however long the movie might be. And I thought that you guys did a fantastic job of creating that type of a world where you can escape.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's, I mean, that was the experience. I I don't know if I, like, properly said that before, but it it was being consumed in this mountainous region and to feel like you are away from everything and to feel like you, you know... Whoever is around you is who is who's governing with each other, right? Um, and so, you know, there weren't people around. At the end of the day, it's pretty. It's pretty quiet. It's pretty secluded. It's already. It's getting towards. I think we were like October, November when we were shooting. And it, this isn't the section of of North Georgia where people are like. You know, let's go shopping and getting you know some rocks and some, no, it wasn't that cute. It was it was a little more you know desolate and you could hear things outside like you know coyotes or something. I don't know what they were. I didn't see them, but they were there. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it does it does. You are in a whole another world because we were, we were all living in another world together. We were all in this like huge farm mountain house. Um,
0: Huffing it out, so yeah. Well, it's cool to see areas like that still around because you know, I, I grew up in a small town of you know, less than five hundred people, so I know what it's like to be in that type of rural, like isolated from the rest of the world, type of environment. So to see that on screen, and you and there's a scene specifically where you're looking, your character is looking for a car, and you say, "I have nothing to barter with." And you're like, well, wow, this feels like old school, like 18th century type stuff where people are trading, you know, food for cattle and things like that. So it was, it was, yeah, at this point it wouldn't surprise me, but um, no, it was, like I said, my biggest takeaway from the movie is that. I love that world that was created through the writing and then you guys bringing it to life from the visuals to your performance, to all the other actors' performances. Like it felt like a very believable society that I could see existing in North Georgia. And I, I I think that's,
1: Oh, go ahead. We don't forget that. That's like, that's a lot of America though, right? Like that's what it is. You know, uh, these small towns who are, deeply um distanced literally from big cities and we are in in an experience of of being at home a lot you know uh and not necessarily I mean they have access to internet they have you know access to cable and things like that but there's a distance when it's not happening close to you Unless you choose to be one of those folks who travels outside of that world who says, I hate this place. I'm going, I'm never going back home ever. You know what I mean? So um, I just, I want people to know that like, that's a real thing, you know, because as a part of, uh, or it's a real experience. It's an experience that has not yet completely, that, that experience is not dissolved, right? Those pe- people who live these types of lives.
0: And it's still crazy to think that we're in 2020 and there's, you know, the population is so much bigger cities have grown bigger but there are still those little pockets where they're isolated from the rest of the world
1: yeah that's why you have these crazy stories about things happening to folks and yeah yeah so there's value in devil to pay beyond murder
0: and usually those stories happen in Florida
1: <laughs> I was gonna let you say it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's like every story I read is like, oh, a, a man in Florida, wherever the city may be, and I'm just like, oh guys, come on. Can we get it together? No. <laughs> no, we can't, apparently.
1: And Georgia uh, and Florida are right next to each other. So I'm not even gonna let I'm not even gonna let us slip. <laughs> let us slide. Nope. We couldn't. <laughs>
0: You guys are just like the the neighbor that just hears the disturbance at the house but you just don't want to like you like yeah we should probably go check on them but nah we're good.
1: <laughs> no, we sit outside with beers and watch.
0: <laughs> even yeah, even better. And you know what? I wouldn't blame you in the slightest. <laughs> Not in the slightest. So is So, as we start to wrap up here, I I did want to ask, what is one, it could be be a funny, crazy, or any type of story that happened on the set of The Devil to Pay that stood out to you?
1: Oh, man, you know, that was so many years ago. Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, at the end, there's a, um, of course, there's a distillery up there. And you, you, what do you do when you finish a movie? You go to the distillery, right? And so we went there and learned about moonshine and the gloriousness of moonshine. Oh boy. <laughs> I, don't, oh boy, me. I just told you <laughs> just sitting to sit down and watch more to do what they do. We're going to have some moonshine or some brew, either one. So, <laughs> But no, that was cool. I, I'm pretty sure also. a a coyote or some four-legged animal came up to the house and, you know, did that kind of thing where they go, (laughs) just want you to know I'm here and I see you and you see me and then he just went back into the darkness. (laughs) So I never went outside alone to say the least.
0: That was a very wise decision. (laughs)
1: Like that. It's dark. It's like Vantablack dark, you know? You gotta be
0: careful. That's another thing with those small towns, too, or those rural areas. There are no street lights. So it's like, even when you're driving at night and you have your, your headlights, it's yeah. still really dark and you can't really see much.
1: And I'm black, dude, so, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's nuts. But uh, last thing I wanted to ask you before we get out of here. So uh, when I was looking up your IMDb, there was something I saw that I, I had to ask you about. So you were in a couple of episodes of one of my most recent favorite TV shows, and that was Watchmen. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: How was your experience on that? Because I, I thought that show was amazing.
1: There is a rigor to just and that's not to say that anybody else isn't but there's there was a rigor to making that episode um that I haven't experienced there was a technical rigor and a performative rigor that was being called on and we would do scenes you know uh, Stephen Williams who directed it he talked about wanting theater actors somebody who could you know like hold a particular. Um, a, a certain breath, a longevity, right? So these we would do some of the scenes. They would be twenty minutes long, and 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 it was all you know a single take. So so it was this was this was beautiful because it's like you're deep in it, right? And and the the camera, everybody has to be on point in order for something to make sense. In order for you you know to get to. That's what we're looking for. So we would be doing this 20 minute long scene, possibly 15, 20 minutes. And then we would get to say 17th, 20th take. And Steve would be like, okay, now we'll get somewhere. And i would be like, yeah, let's go mother, let's go. That's the kind of like um, television making that, that that was, you know, it, it, it is, you want to get it right. You want to, you want to push, you want to push. And then the, the, you know, not to mention thematically and and content-wise, we're dealing with heavy, heavy stuff. So, I mean, all that to say, like, that's where you want to, that's the kind of stuff you want to make. You want to make stuff that's pushing you, that's pushing the crew, that's pushing all of us to, to, to get to, to some goal. Like, it's not a perfection, but it's, it's something akin to it. Uh, it's, I think it's akin to the energy of, I think you can have a good energy. You may not reach what you that thing, but everybody can be working towards the same thing. And I think that's what watch me work. That experience was for me.
0: Fantastic. No, like I said, I thought that show was really well done and I remember hearing about it and was curious as to how they would pull it off because you know the movie came out now I think over a decade ago and yeah. it it was um very divided as far as whether people liked it or not. I personally liked it because I had read the book beforehand, so I knew what to expect. but no i I thought the the show from start to finish was was very good. so that that's awesome that you got to be involved with that.
1: yeah, yeah, no truly truly a blessed opportunity. yeah yeah and I mean they, Emmy winners ha yeah boom
0: <laughs> absolutely. So um, what is one piece of advice that you could give to an aspiring actor or actress? Ooh. Ooh. (laughs)
1: Um, Everything counts. That's what I'm going to say. Everything counts. The smallest thing, the grandest thing. Um, I think my mentor, uh, one of my mentors... Uh, Andrea Fry, she's a beautiful actor, like theater, film, and television. She's a theater director as well. Talks about elevating what you do. You elevate whatever you do. Um, um, And I think uh, that is set with me very well Um, because, you know, people always want this next thing, and it's not about that. It's literally, your life is literally about where you are in the present because that's all you have. And your project is about where you are in the prison. Um, and and we can only go moment to moment. And so everything that you do counts. And you have to make everything that you do count. And that's by elevating wherever you are in the present moment.
0: I think that's perfect. And, and I'm guilty of it myself. You know, you think sometimes people look too far ahead in the future. Some might look at some type of regret or something they wish they would have done in the past. But... You know, a lot of people don't think of what's going on at that moment in time. So that's, that's fantastic advice.
1: I mean, that's what acting is. It's living, right? It's like, it's being.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, and this what that's what 2020 has taught us, right? We have to halt and move where we are. And, um, and that's what I'm trying to give into it. It's a different kind of, I think we're all being called to flow differently, so.
0: Absolutely. And do you have any website or social media that you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you?
1: Oh, do I really want you guys to follow? <laughs> um <so>. <laughs> <laughs> am I, uh, uh, Daniel Deadweiler. Uh, at Daniel Deadweiler on Instagram. Um I am not a Twitter talker, but I'm present-ish. I'm at Captain underscore V underscore. Facebook is Daniel Deadweiler. And if you just want to Go to my website. It's
0: I'm there. Awesome. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. It was fantastic.
1: Danielle, thank you so much
0: for having me. Absolutely. And if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts for free just search for the Derek Diamond Experience and of course thank you to my close friends the Unicorn Wranglers for providing the theme music for the podcast you can check out all their music on Apple Music Google Play and Spotify that's going to do it for this week's show thank you for tuning into to another awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience I am your host Derek Diamond and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday